the Podcock PCAST. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Joining me on the program, as always, Mr. Bobby Russell. What is happening, my man? Not a whole lot. We talked about it. There's not a whole lot going on this weekend either. No, no, there's not. Um, maybe a, a well-deserved break for us as uh, college football fans, first and foremost. Um, I do have an update. I'm going to surprise you here. Uh, in our picks against the spread in the Ohio High School uh, State Football Championships, uh, you and I both went five and two. So we kind of predicted that the four games we were separate on, we would split those. Sure as hell did. And then the three we were on together, uh, those hits. So uh, not a not a bad job. So you and I both tied for first and last, if you however you want to look at it there. Um, so, but um, we'll talk NFL Week 14. Um, Gambling-wise, I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. I don't have any locks. So I, I guess I'll open the board up to Bobby at the end of the show here. Uh, if he's got anything, no pressure there, dude. But uh, we're, we're going to do some college football news and notes, uh, talk a little Army-Navy, NFL preview, and probably have a nice little tidy show. So if I quit rambling, uh, we can get into this damn thing. So, Bobby, let me ask you, uh, did the committee get it right? Just your college football playoff reactions, uh, kind of your first uh, initial thoughts on, uh, you know, we're not going to dive into a preview here, but on both semifinals in, uh, in the playoffs, uh, take it away. Yeah, I, I, I think there was no question Georgia and Michigan were in either way. I, I feel like they had beat every team on their schedule. Um, Michigan, whether they got by Purdue or not in the Big, ti- Big Ten title game, I didn't think that really mattered. The way the TCU game started when they were down big, um, I, I, I thought that might have, you know, let them slip out past four to number five. Um, but the epic comeback by Max Duggan leading that team up and down the field, uh, guy, the guy left it all on the field out there, and that was an incredible show. And I, I really hope that the Heisman voting wasn't done by the time they played that game because I, I think he won – if. He didn't win the game, but I think he may have won the Heisman with that game. Um, just an absolute incredible showing. Um, the Heisman is for the best player in college football. That means the most to their team, and we'll get into that later. Um, so I, I think that really helped them stay at number three there. And then the Buckeyes, uh, I talked about this earlier this year when you know we all thought Tennessee was going to run the table. You know, when I said that losing the Georgia game for them would be perfect because they would not drop past six or seven, all they had to do is win out. Same thing kind of happened for the Buckeyes. They, they took care of business on their cupcake schedule early in the year. Um, and, you know, they lose to Michigan again. Um, and it puts them in 11-1. So they just fell to five. All you needed was one team to lose, and it happened. So they're there. So I, I think the committee got it right. Um, you know, there's no two-loss team. And I, I think that's been a major point in the four play the four-team playoff is that if you have two losses, you're – almost all but eliminated and i think they've put that forward and kind of set that in stone here yeah i would agree like to me the committee did a a a good job in the sense like i thought after like you said saturday night heading into the big 10 and the acc championship games i think we all knew who the four was going to be and i think it was just a matter of seeding and I think the committee now I'm a Michigan fan. So obviously um, getting TCU, which I don't think it's going to be an easy game, but I'd rather play TCU than uh, play Georgia again um, or Ohio state right out of the gate. 
um, in the semifinals. So I thought seeding was going to be the big thing. And I think the, the committee did the right thing. You kind of get Ohio State um, more of a challenge. That's fair to say, right? Mm-hmm. In their semifinal because they're not a conference champ or didn't get to their conference championship game. Um, but they were kind of the, the best of the rest uh, that didn't get to their conference championship game. So you give them the challenge of taking on number one Georgia. And if you're the committee, uh, a Michigan-Georgia rematch, Michigan-Ohio State national championship game, um, I think those are the two most likely outcomes, I guess, in this playoff. So I think they set themselves up for um, two monumental national title game matchups, I guess. So I would give them good stars. And then to your point about the two-loss team, in this four-team playoffs, the year Penn State got the Big Ten title, um, and didn't get to the playoffs as an 11 and two big 10 team. I, that was kind of when I realized like, all right, they're not going to, they're going to go off record and not really, you know, who's playing the best. Um, also the year SC had Sam Darnold. That might've been the same year. Mm-hmm. Those might've been the two best teams playing the ball or their best ball in November late in the year. And that was a hell of a Rose bowl. Um, but, um, I thought Penn State had a, a, a big-time gripe. They could have got in that year, and they didn't. So that's when I realized, yeah, we're, we're probably not going to get a two-loss a two team, not unless there was, a, like, mass, mass chaos throughout the, the whole course of the season. So, um, yeah, they got it right. And um, matchup-wise, I mean, like I said, I, I think TCU can present a lot of challenges uh, for Michigan. I don't think. I think a lot of people think that's a cakewalk. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. And then, uh, I mean, Georgia, Ohio State, that's the two top two or two out of the top three most talented rosters in the country. That's going to be fun. Just your initial thoughts on both of those matchups real quick. Yeah, I'm I'm more interested in the Michigan-TCU game. I, I think their, their styles are pretty much the same. Uh, defensive philosophy-minded team first. Um, and then run the ball. And TCU does that pretty well, and Michigan obviously does that well. Um, I'm not sure what status of quorum is going to be, if he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Yeah, or he's, if he's down. Yeah, so that, that's a big blow for Michigan. But, you know, we, we saw that they could change it up in the Ohio State game and go through the air, and they were still able to pound the ball. So that, that was good for them. Um, I, I think athletically, Michigan better defensively, so I think that gives them the edge in that game. And then the Ohio State-Georgia game, as an Irish fan, you know, the years that we made the playoff, we caught the the rolling um, ball of chainsaws in Alabama in 2020 and in Clemson in 2018 when both of those teams went on to win the title. Um, so this is the this is the, the spot where Ohio State is in. I think this is a, probably the first time they've found themselves in this underdog position in the playoff. So I, I'm, I'm excited for that one just to just to see what Georgia does, what they take away from Ohio State. Um, and, you know, Ohio State dealing with injuries, too. You know, and Jigba really hasn't played all year, decided to opt out for the draft. I uh, can't fault the kid. So who knows what we're going to see there. But I, I, I think Georgia's the, the dominant football team there and has it in all three phases against Ohio State. All right, let's move off the, the playoffs here. Bobby, you could take um, any any of the rest of the bowl games. I mean, you could take one of the playoff matchups, too, but – um, I wrote down two, three different bowl games here uh, that I'm most excited about. And I tasked you with the, 
the similar things in our little pre-show text here. So um, let's go to point number two in the offseason, or not the offseason, the news and, note, news and notes section here. Best bowl game matchup here. Um, I'll start out here. I got the Cure Bowl. UTSA versus Troy, uh, the Conference USA champs against the Sun Belt champs, two top 25 teams, uh, both, I think, with an 11-2 and two mark. Um, that's that's a fun game, and that's a contrast to Styles, too. Troy's going to bring a great defense. UTSA's going to bring that high-tempo uh, spread, uh, high-flying offense. So I really like that matchup. Two very good teams against the spread, too, so uh, that's a fun one. Um, what bowl games have, has your interest here? Yeah, uh, one of the, one of the first ones I like is uh, the Fenway Bowl. Um, not ironically because I'm a Red Sox fan, but because neither of these two teams playing it have a, have a head coach right now. Um, <laughs> the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Louisville Cardinals, um, classic Big East rivalry here. Uh, I think this will be a fun game. You know that stadium's fun. One sideline because the dimensions of the stadium don't allow for opposite sidelines. Uh, you know, no real leadership. At the coach players opting out. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, and I think it's gonna to lead to a, a big time over in that game. But uh, the weather will be crappy; it'll probably be snowing, so it'll be fun one to watch. Yeah, and that's an old rivalry getting uh, reheated. The cake and nails. It's been a while since those two have uh, strapped it up and, and played uh, for that. So uh, different venue, obviously, but yeah, I, I kind of have uh, some marks on that one. Uh, my second one here, I got North Carolina and Oregon in the Holiday Bowl. Holiday Bowl, it's, it's one of those games. It's it's on the fringe of being like a big bowl. They usually get a pretty damn good matchup. And I think Drake May and Bo Nix, the respective quarterbacks for both sides, are going to go in this game. So that makes it that much better. Going to be a great uniform matchup either way you slice it. Two fun offenses. Uh, yeah, Holiday Bowl, uh, very high on my list of uh, must-watch. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that was on my list. I'll, I'll, I'll take another one so we don't have overlapping ones there. Um, I'm going to go with uh, another former conference rivalry, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, love the Mayo dump at the end of the game. <laughs> Ho- hopefully no, no head issues, concussions with the dropping of the cooler this year. But uh, the Maryland Terrapins and the NC State Wolfpack. Yeah, um, that's good. And that'll be a go. And both teams are pretty, pretty good offensively. Um, you know, had some moments throughout the year, but it, it's going to be interesting. You know, NC State, Obviously, the news of Devin Leary entering the transfer portal. Um, but the, the backup that came in this year for NC State, he, he played pretty well. So I think they're in good hands. Um, and this that's the perfect lead into basketball season in the NCAA because, you know, you got those two teams that it's December. They should be playing in basketball. They should be in the same conference. Um, but here we are playing in the Mayo Bowl. Yeah, I got one more. Um, I got the Alamo Bowl. Texas against Washington to, you know, top 20. I mean, Texas is higher than that, but two top 20, maybe top 15 programs of all time going up against each other. Um, Again, the Alamo Bowl, historically, a bigger game that gets a better matchup more times than not. Uh, We've seen some crazy games in the Alamo Bowl, and um, I don't know, inside in the Alamo Dome, a fast track, fun offense with uh, Michael Penix Jr. in that Washington unit. Um, Texas has had, you know, some spurts, um, some – spots this year where they've looked really fun offensively um hopefully Bijan goes i i don't know if he's going to or not but uh quinn ewers and xavier worthy texas does have some some other options there so uh that'll be a fun one too 
Um, I don't know if you have any more. If you do, uh, empty the clip on your favorite bowls. Yeah, I got one more favorite bowl and one more honorable mention. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll just throw my honorable mention out there. Can't be remiss. Our Ohio Bobcats and the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Uh, streaming only will not be on major TV. So for all of our listeners that you know want to check out the cats, make sure you go to that link on Barstool to watch that one. But that'll be a fun one out in Arizona. Um, thought about maybe seeing if the wife would want to plan a trip after Christmas, but uh, plans changed. So <laughs> my final game is the can't lose game for me, and that is the Gator Bowl with my Irish and I. The biggest Gamecock fan in Ohio, maybe maybe the country, South Carolina. That's going to be a matchup. I can't lose. I mean, I can, but I won't. No, I as soon as they announced that Sunday, I was thinking like, damn, Bobby's at a crossroads here. And, you know, his lifelong Notre Dame fandom against his 2022 sweetheart with South Carolina. That's a fun. That's a fun game too. I'm telling you. I, I like that matchup. That would that should have made my list, but I had an inkling you was going to take it, so I left it off. But good shout there. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Obviously, the Irish are going to have guys opting out. Mayor going to the draft, probably Foskey as well. So I, I love this. I love the like. I love when the Irish are in the playoff. Obviously, chance to win the title. But when they're in a little, you know, lesser bowl game, a little, a little dick around time, um, that's when they're fun to watch and kind of get the blood pumping for the spring game to see the young guys come in next year and see what we're going to be. All right, let's move to best off-season move thus far. It could be a portal guy. Um, it could be a head coach hiring. It could be a coordinator, whatever here. But um, I, I got a coach and one guy in the portal. Um, that That's my list. So I, I guess I'll give it to you first here to see where you're at here. Uh, best off-season move thus far is... Ooh, I will go with my. I'll go. I got one on one as well. I'm gonna okay. go with. I'm gonna go with the coach as well. I'll start with my coach here. Um, I really love Kevin Wilson to Tulsa. Um, you know, it's a guy okay. who's been been a head coach before. Um, didn't really have the most success. Came to back to Ohio State, rebranded. You know, picked up some tricks of the trade, um, and then going to you know uh, an AAC team. You know, where you can build up. Um, look at Luke Fickle. He had the one failed year at Ohio State, became a coordinator, went to Cincinnati, took them to the playoff. I'm not saying Tulsa's going to go to the playoff, but Kevin Wilson is going to be a guy in two, three years that's going to be up for one of those, you know, mid-tier SEC jobs, a Vanderbilt, a Missouri, and that's that's where you work your way up. So I love that for him. I, I think he's a really sharp offensive mind, and I think he's going to do great things out there. Yeah, I uh... – I feel like Tulsa, maybe not the last few years, but Tulsa, when they're good historically, to me, they're kind of a, a run-and-gun offensive club. So I think Kevin Wilson kind of, you know, you know, he the stripes fit the Tigers, so to speak, there. Um, mine is it's chalky as hell, and I don't even know if it's going to work out, but my I just love Prime getting a, an opportunity mm-hmm. at Colorado. Um, you know, his introductory – press conference was electric his speech to the the current players like i think everybody's shocked that he was so candid you know about us bringing his luggage and it's louie i think a lot of people were rubbed the wrong way about that but i feel like just about any other coach in the country would say maybe not as cool but they would say kind of similar stuff especially in this day and age you just don't see it because it's not filmed but um you know i i just like it I, i'm rooting for colorado um 
I feel like anytime we talk about like road trips, uh, stadiums, tradition, mm-hmm. uniforms, we always bring up Colorado on the show. And we're at an age where Colorado was good in the in the 90s and early 2000s. So it'd be cool to see them get back to that. And, you know, UCLA, you, uh, USC and UCLA um, going for the Big Ten in a couple years. Maybe that opens up some um, some spots in the, the power ranking or pecking order of the, of the Pac-12 Dion's there for, you know, recruiting cycle four or five years. Um, maybe they'll get up there and challenge. Like I said, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, he's probably going to get some talent in there, and, and we'll see. So I, I just love the move. And um, good on Colorado just taking a chance. Like, they've been bad for a while mm-hmm. consistently. Take a chance, see what happens. I wish more schools would – kind of think a little bit outside the box and, and try a hire like this. So that's uh that's it for me. Um, I'm going to roll to my, to my portal guy. We don't know where he's going, but uh, I think you mentioned him already. Devin Leary getting out of NC state, like NC state, they're a decent program. Um, but Dave Doran, he's allergic to running any kind of creative offense. So I, I would love to see Devin Leary get an opportunity. I think he's a really talented, quick guy. Um, no matter where he goes, hopefully he goes to a system that, that suits him and it's a little more fun to watch. Um, I think he can have a big year next year. So that's that's my portal guy. Uh, Bobby, close us out on the, your favorite offseason move thus far. Yeah, one that's kind of under the radar. I, I, I feel like there's all the big names, Leary, Uyungale, um, the Sims from Georgia Tech. I feel like one that's not getting a whole lot of look is Hudson Card at Texas. I feel like that yeah. was a quiet, a quiet entry into the portal. A uh, guy who will have three years immediately eligible. Um, and I'm not saying that just because he's linked to my team. I, I the Irish have some good stuff coming in, uh, but I, I think Card could come in. You know, I think Buckner is the guy for us, but Card could come in, push him. Um, you know, Buckner has the injury history. He missed injury in 2018, and obviously this year he had a missed COVID season in 2020 in California, where he's from. Um, so this was really his first year playing football, obviously last year behind Jack Cohn. Uh, so the Irish are going to push for this, and, and it's it's starting to see a shift for them because they're not typically taking in undergraduate transfers because admissions are hard. They want to have a degree, yada, yada, yada. It's a changing of the guard I see happening. So that's that's the big name on my board who I, I think is going to benefit the most here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, the Heisman's a Saturday night. Um, so I feel like if we're going to do kind of a college football-centric show, we got to talk about it a little bit. You know, your four finalists, Caleb Williams from uh, USC, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, Stetson Bennett from Georgia, and Max Duggan from TCU, all quarterbacks here. Um, the odds are insane. I think it's minus 2,500 for Williams to win. So, um, I feel like that's kind of the pick that make, <laughs> not really, um, any, I don't know. I mean, it's a voted award, so it's, it's strictly speculation, but I look at that line, those odds, and I think it's, it's kind of a done deal, but, um, Bobby, I don't know if you have any different opinions. Um, I was going to use my time to, to talk about, couple snubs that I know it goes off voting and a percentage of votes who gets the invite, but I feel like they can expand it. And, you know, what's, what's the matter with spying the shot, spy, uh, 
you know, shining a spotlight there. I can actually talk on uh, a couple other guys. But um, your your thoughts on the Heisman, your pick, I guess, and, and wherever you want to take it, go for it. Yeah, I, I think it's an all but foregone conclusion that Williams is going to win it. Um, it kind of seemed that way, right, after the Irish game when, you know, he just ran all up and down them. Um, but if, if I was going to give it to someone, if I had the sole vote, I, I would give it to Dugan after the performance he put on in the Big 12 title game and just the whole year. Um, and then his, think about his whole backstory. He, he was a starter before, got benched, started the year on the bench, second string, and mm-hmm. then really came through. So I, and the, like we've talked about in the past years before, um, you know, it doesn't really have the same luster that it had to us when we were in middle school and high school. The awards just changed. Um, it's four quarterbacks. And like you said, the, the snubs, obviously, uh, I'll let you get into that. But I think the, the two main two everybody's been talking about. And you're right. It, it should be more than just four people. And it should be more than just offense, too. I mean, there, there's a great deal of um, defensive players that should win this award, too, or should be nominated. You know, Will Anderson down in Alabama, um, people like that. So I – it's it's probably going to be Williams. It's probably going to piss me off, and I'm probably going to wake up the next morning and be like, you know what? It's it's just a silly award. Yeah, I I probably won't put any eyes on it. Maybe I'll go back and YouTube the the speech. Just this, you know, I feel like this the speech that moment special for her ones. But I mean, the the snubs. One guy in particular, and I'm not going to go home or even though he's my number two snub for Malik Hooker. Or not Malik Hooker, Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee quarterback, not to get enough votes to garner an invitation is is insane just because he got injured. I mean, that's <laughs> I mean, his knee gave out. Like that's not on him. That's not an indictment on the year he had and they had. Um, so I thought Hooker should have got an invite. Blake mm-hmm. Corum. Um, thirteen no Michigan was our best player uh for most of the year. And I heard people say, like, you know, the offensive line's great. Well, yeah, it's true, but like, you know, like Corm, that doesn't mean he's an average running back. He, he was really damn good for us this year, so I thought he could have gotten an invite. And then a name nobody's talking about, and I get it, but Michael Penix Jr.'s had a hell of a year at Washington. Like, what's wrong with inviting him if he was seventh or eighth in the voting? I don't, I don't understand why we can't. And I don't, I'm not saying let's make it a three-hour show. But I feel like they do a lot of filler just to get to that final Ooh. announcement with like 10 minutes left. So why not add more profiles and, and talk to some of these kids and parents and coaches and invite five, six, seven guys, you know, just kind of do a celebration uh, for these guys that have, have had great uh, seasons. So um, and, and I don't have a problem with the four that got invited, honestly. I mean, Stetson Bennett's had a pretty good year individually. Um, they're likely probably the best team. So, and he's the quarterback. So that makes sense. Duggan's had a hell of a year. Stroud was, he's been the favorite pretty much all year. Caleb's kind of came out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but you know what I mean? Right. So the four guys, I don't have a problem with their invite at all. I don't want one of those guys not to be invited for hooker or Blake Corum, but, um, I just don't get why we do that. But, uh, that's probably why the Heisman is what it is now. It, it's, it's definitely not as big of a deal as it, it was, in, in my opinion. All right. Well, if you want to move on, we could talk about the only college football game in D1 uh, this weekend, 3 o'clock Eastern, on CBS in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's Navy. It's Army. 
the Army Navy game, the Navy Army game, however you want to slice it. Anyway, the midshipmen, a two and a half point favorite in your Big Ten total of the week, presented by Homegrown Pizza and Chansey. That's right, we got an official sponsor. Just kidding, that place closed down probably Ooh. two decades ago, and so was probably gross. Anyway, it was 32 and a half. It's your total here in a service academy game. So, Bobby, you're taking the under. You're taking the uh, the Army Black Knights. You're taking the midshipmen. Um, I'm sure you and I will both watch this game and and uh, the pageantry and everything about it. It's great. But uh, your thoughts on Army Navy? Yeah, America's game. Uh, love watching this. Um, I, I can think back to being a kid and watching this game with my dad. Um, my, both my grandparents were in the Navy, so kind of, kind of a, a strong lean there. And then obviously, you know, oh, it, it all ties back to the Irish. Everything comes back to it. The Irish uh, Navy rivalry. Um, they, they look, they're, they're a decent football team. They came back on the Irish this year when they had to with a backup quarterback. They can actually throw the ball pretty well uh, for a triple option team. Um, Army. Typically, Army the last few years has been stronger. Navy with the upset last year, um, so it's it, it's it'll be a fun one. I'm in love with the under on this one. I think the under's gone under in like the last five, uh, so I think that's that's definitely the play here. Um, it's going to be a quick game, time of possession, and it's going to probably come down to who has the ball last and can kick a field goal. So I'm I'm saying it's going to be a 16-13 game. All right, yeah, I think I'll go Army. They got a chance to get a bowl here. They're five and six. Um, I know Navy did trip them up last year, but um, I don't know. This line's flip-flop, and I don't have any confidence in this one uh, at all. But um, it's going to be a nice 42-degree sunny day. Uh, the see, Seeing the cadets and, and the midshipmen, guys in their uniform in the crowd, the bands, like I said, the, the whole pomp and circumstance uh, pre-game and post-game. Um, it's, it's a special uh, game. I, I would love to get to one of these before. Uh, my time's passed, but uh, yeah, that, that's it is uh, a great uh, it's a great game. No matter the records, uh, there you know you throw those out in this kind of game. So um, that's uh, that's college football week fifteen kind of previewed here. Let's move to NFL week fourteen on the docket here. We're gonna preview seven games. Um, I think we got six teams on a bye this week. So the, the schedule is a little limited, but we do have some really good matchups. But let me run through the games we're not previewing first, just to give you an idea of the schedule. Thursday night football, Raiders at the Rams. Um, we got Texans, Cowboys, Jags, Titans, Chiefs, Broncos, and Panthers, Seahawks all on Sunday, and then Patriots, Cardinals on a Monday night. But here's the seven games. We'll go in chronological order. We got up both our teams coming up at the towards the, the middle, uh, towards the end of this thing. But we'll start Sunday, 1 o'clock, AOC Showdown, CBS, Jets, 7-5 and five at the 9-3 and three Bills. Buffalo, 9.5-point favorites, 44 is the total. I, I, I like Jets to, to cover, but Bills to win. How say you? Uh, I'm right there with you, especially if Mike White is still starting. Uh, I just think, you know, he had the one game. But the Bills defense, they they got they know they got to win the AFC East games. They finally got off the schneid a couple of weeks ago, um, got an AFC East win. Uh, so I think they get that back here and kind of – and they, they're sitting number one in the AFC right now too after the Chiefs loss last week at Cincinnati. So they, they got their goals in front of them, and I, I think they want home playoff games in January. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think the Jets' defense is, is good enough to – 
you know, and we know the Bills are great offensively, but I think the Jets' defense is just good enough to to keep it within the number uh, in this one. Mm-hmm. Another divisional game here in the NFC East. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles 11-1 on the year on the road, going into New York to take on the football Giants. 7-4-1 record, 1 o'clock on Fox. Eagles, seven-point favorites, 44.5 is the total. Bobby, how say you on this one? I, I, I'm on the Giants to cover on this one, and the Eagles outright. Um, yeah, I think the Giants are going to play them tough. They, they got to keep pace. You know, all four a- NFC East teams are in the playoffs right now as it stands. Uh, so this would go a long way for the Giants to keep that spot in that race. Uh, but the Eagles just too much for them. Yeah, I think I'm going to lay the seven. Um, I think it, it – I don't know. I, I think the Giants are kind of leaking oil. Wait, they're banged up. I know they still got Saquon and, and Danny Dimes for that matter. But I feel like they're beat up. Uh, the Eagles, they're ascending. I mean, they blew out the Titans last week, so maybe I'm getting a little ahead of my skis here and, and thinking they're just going to keep rolling teams up. It's a division game, but I, I'm still going to lay the seven. I, I think the Eagles win by double digits in this one. Um, let's go to the AFC North here. Battle of Ohio, the Browns 5-7 and seven at the 8-4 and four Bengals. CBS, 1 o'clock Eastern time kick. Cincinnati, a six-point favorite, 47 is the total in this one. <laughs> I mean, I'm confused by this. The Bengals have been so hot, but Joe Burrow's never beaten the Browns in his career. Deshaun didn't look good. Um, I think maybe myself included. I think a lot of people forgot that he's taken two years off of football, on you know, by his own doing in his own off field, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, he looked rusty, but hey, they got a win. And if they get another one here, six and seven going down the home stretch, they're still alive for a wild card. So I think I'm going to take the points with the Browns, but I, I think the Bengals and Burrow finally get that win. So that, that's where I'm at in the Battle of Ohio. Where are you at? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm on the Bengals on this one. I, I would say expectations for Deshaun were a little premature last week. Yeah. Um, I, uh, just wanted to get that one in there real quick. Um, I the the Bengals, you know, Joey, he has never beat the Browns. Um, he's also never lost in December. So, oh yeah. wow, I did okay. That's, I did uh, not know that. <laughs> uh, I'll, that's a little fun fact out there for the listeners. Um, so I, I I like the Bengals at home. They're they're hot right now, uh, getting everybody back. And they're doing it all without Joe Mixon, too. And Samaji P. Ryan just continues to turn out the yards and get touchdowns. And he's been a godsend for that team because he's given them that dimension instead of taking that away to make them, you know, pass only. So that, that's been big for the Bengals. And they finally get this one. And then with the Lamar injury, I, I think that there is a path for the Bengals to reclaim the North again this year. All right, man. Final uh, – we got two 1 o'clock games. Final 1 o'clock game – uh, that doesn't involve uh, your team here. Uh, we go to the NFC North, a divisional battle here. Minnesota Vikings on the road in Detroit. The Vikings 10 and 2. The Lions 5 and 7, 1 o'clock on Fox. Detroit Lions, two and a half point favorites. 52 and a half is the total. I want the Lions to win this game so much, but uh, I, I got to go Vikes. I, I money line the Vikes here. Uh, I think they won the game outright as a short dog. How say you? Yeah, I'm a big Lions believer. 
uh, winners of four of their last five, and they're in, they're in the hunt in the NFC. There, that that would be great for them to really get to this playoff, um, get a playoff berth, and kind of build on some stuff. Um, but you know, it also kind of takes away they 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 lose some positions in the draft. Um, you know, I think I think they're trying to get they they want one of the, the big three in the draft for the quarterbacks. Um, I, I think the writing's on the wall for Goff there. Um, I like you with the Vikings. I am like you with that. Um, I like them to cover that one. And I think they'll win outright for sure. So I'm on the Vikings too. All right, let's go to your divisional battle here. The Baltimore Ravens eight and four record on the season thus far in Pittsburgh, taking on your five and seven Steelers one o'clock on CBS Pittsburgh, two and a half point favorites, 37, another big 10 total of the week here for you. And this one, um, I will let you have the floor here. Ravens, Steelers, go for it. Yeah. Uh, cats and dogs in this matchup here. Um, you know, I, I think this is a big one for Pittsburgh. We see the Ravens two times in four weeks. Uh, I get this one at home. Uh, and I, I think this one comes at the right time. You know, I think I don't I don't think Lamar Jackson's gonna play this week. I think they've already come out and said that. So Tyler Huntley's probably gonna be the guy. Um, Steelers defense was reeled pretty damn good recently. Um, they haven't allowed 20 points the last two weeks, uh, three out of the last four weeks, they haven't allowed 20 points. So getting TJ Watt and make a back has been huge offense is starting to roll. They can consistently score 20 points or more. So that's, that's, that's good. And they've got confidence now. Um, you know, obviously you don't like to see George Pickens have the freak out on the sideline, but if there's anybody well-equipped to handle, um, basket case receivers, it's Mike Tomlin. He shown he can do it in the past. He continues to do it. So I, I think that'll be fine. Um, the Ravens, the, without Lamar, uh, without that, you know, top shot running back as well, and they've got re- injuries at receivers too. So I think they're just starting to finally get that mid-year, end-of-year Ravens sickness where they all get hurt at the same time. Uh, defensively, I don't think they have Kyle Hamilton, so that's a game-changer. Uh, so I like the Steelers at home to cover two-and-a-half. Uh, I'm high on them. And, um, you know, the, the schedule the rest of the way. I mean, th- this could – the Steelers could end up in the playoffs. They, they could win out here. Panthers, Raiders, Ravens again, and Browns to close it up. That, 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 those are all winnable games for Pittsburgh, and they could end up 10-7. and seven. Yeah, I, I like Pittsburgh at home here, especially it being two and a half on the spread. Um, I feel like this game is almost written in the Constitution that it has to be a field goal game, and mm-hmm. it has to be low scoring. It feels like every year it's 17-14, 19-16. I think it would be a similar score. Um, Huntley, I, he's not terrible, the backup for the Ravens, but, I mean, Lamar's just – he's a difference maker obviously but uh yeah I, I do i like the way pittsburgh's playing um at home so yeah give me give me the steelers i i think uh they won this football game by a field goal so a slim cover uh for your steelers uh, my team at home the uh, san francisco 49ers the mass unit that is out on the uh, west coast they're eight and four they host the six and six tampa bay buccaneers 425 eastern sunday uh, on fox Niners, three-and-a-half-point favorites. 37 also is the total in this one. Um, I, I think I lean Bucks plus the points here. Um, I know Brock Purdy came in, did a, a really good job coming in after Jimmy G uh, hurts his foot in the first drive of the game for us offensively. Um, I think that's a little bit of an adrenaline thing. Uh, there's tape on him now. I think the Tampa, they're not good. <laughs> they just kind of keep 
treading above water. That division's terrible. But uh, maybe the Niners get the dub at three and a half. I feel like that's a little too much. I think if we win, uh, it'll be by a field goal or two points. So I'll take the points and, and hope we get a dub here. Um, if there is a coach that can string together some plays and a game plan for a backup quarterback, it is Kyle Shanahan. So, uh, But just kind of a kick in the balls last week to, to have a second quarterback out. Now the news did come out that he might be able to come back. Um six seven weeks from now so that would put it right at the divisional or nfc championship game if we're fortunate enough to get the either one of those games that's jimmy g so um i guess it's not all doom and gloom but um i'm not surprised either but anyway bucks 49ers bobby your thoughts yeah uh both well i won't say both teams buccaneers they stink uh they they <laughs> they, they shouldn't have won monday night that that was that was rough, rough to watch on the Saints' part, just really blowing that at the end there. Um, so I, I, I think like you, the 49ers, they'll be able to scheme enough. I mean, you still got great playmakers. You still got Kittle. You still got McCaffrey. You still got Ayuk. You still got Debo. There's enough people there that can make this go. So I, I think we'll see some, some mix-up, uh, some wildcat possibly, some direct snap stuff with Debo and McCaffrey. So I, I, th- I think it'll be – I think I don't think it'll be an easy win, but I think it's an easy, easy, easy money line win for the 49ers. Um, and I might flirt with the Buccaneers on that one, but on covering. But I, I just think the 49ers just too much for them. Final game we'll preview here: Sunday Night Football, NBC, eight twenty Eastern Time kick. Uh, the eight and four Miami Dolphins on the road at the six and six Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers, um, oh, excuse me, Dolphins, three-point favorite, 52-and-a-half is the total. Sunday night, who you got, man? Ooh, I, I like the Dolphins. I think the Chargers have too much, too many injuries. Um, and the Dolphins, they they're, they can do it in a multitude of ways, and I think that their playmakers are better than what Los Angeles has at the helm right now. I agree with you, but it doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm going to take the home dogs. I don't, I don't know why. I just think – you know, two straight West Coast games for the Dolphins on the road. Um, you know, we're a physical football team for San Francisco. Dolphins, I think they're still beat up along the offensive line. Chargers do have a pass rush. And I think Herbert's going to have a little, um, you know, he gets a lot of hype. I get that. He is talented. But same draft class here with him and Tua. Um, I think Herbert comes out and, and plays well. So I, I guess I don't have any confidence in that pick. I, it could be a good mm. game on Sunday night, though. Um, and good. it could be an, a chance for an A-plus uniform matchup if the Dolphins go throwbacks and the uh, the powder blues for the Chargers could be an all-time matchup there. Wow, you're right. That would be, that would be fucking fantastic for sure. Um, all right, gambling locks. I don't have any. I went two and one. I'm setting. I'm gonna set this week on a 43 and 28 overall record, but uh, I will give you the floor if you have anything. Uh, if not, then uh, we'll we'll go home early, I guess. Yeah, I, I seriously considered taking making the under an Army Navy a lock, but I'm gonna respect the troops this week, and uh, I'm gonna sit this one out and uh, no wins, no losses this week. All right, man. Well, I guess uh, that that's it for this one. Um, we'll be back next week talk a little uh we'll talk some bowl games uh nfl week 15 and uh you know maybe the sports world will give us something else to uh discuss and and banter about here but uh rate view subscribe follow the show on twitter and facebook at podcast pcast 
It's available on all major and minor podcasting platforms, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts. So uh, do uh, do all those things, share it. Show's grown. We appreciate it. It's fun to do. And, um, yeah, th- those are the plugs. So, Bobby, um, any famous last words, my dude? Uh, no, like you said, there's no football this weekend, no college football this weekend for us other than America's game. So uh, I'm just going to get ready to enjoy uh, bowl season and the greatest time of the year. All right, man. So uh, for Bobby Russell, this has been the only Tyler Peacock, and we'll catch your ass down the road. See ya.